Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly podcast going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, a 21-time Oscar nominee, it's Arturo Zarita. What's good? I am not an Oscar nominee, but I hope to get there. I, I don't need the 21, I just need the one. I'm excited to be here, super excited to not be here <laughs> on Tuesday when I go to Sundance. Yo, I have been waiting. Oh, man. Sundance is one of those things. Like, I don't I, I don't want to gloat about it. I don't. Yeah. I wish every, every film fan could go to Sundance. Like, I mm-hmm. literally do. Mm-hmm. It goes world peace, <laughs> Sundance for everyone, and, and uh, Cloverfield 3 to be good. That's how yeah, it goes. How, much do, you, how yeah. much do you want me to go to Sundance? Are you gonna you gonna help me? Okay, get a well that's there? why that's why. Okay, I, I'll get you the chlorophyll ticket before I get you the Sundance ticket. But now I'm excited to be here. We'll be talking about that along with some other stuff, which something you're super hyped about because every yes. time that I go to Sundance, something else pops up. Yes, it's about time for the Oscar nominations to be revealed. By the time you're watching this, mm-hmm. they will have been revealed. But uh, we record on Sundays here, usually for the intercut. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about things that we hope we'll see, things that we hope we maybe won't see from the nominations, and give you a little bit of our thoughts heading into the reveal of which movies will be nominated for Academy Awards. But uh, that's not all we do on this show. We have a lot coming for you. Uh, going to talk about what's new, what's coming up, what's in theaters, and Sir? get into the yay or nays. Should we hit a real quick what we've been watching, or get into the yay or nay? Uh, I'll, I'll get I'll get you one because I got one for you guys that you guys cool. legitimately need to check out. Zach should remember what this is because I like messaged him at a random point. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Yep, yep. I was like, bro, have you seen Super Dark Times? And he's like, I heard about it, but I haven't seen it. I said, bro, you gotta watch Super Dark Times right now. And he's like, what about it? I'm like, bro, you just got to watch it. Won't tell me anything about it, just that I, I need to see it. will not tell him anything. He needs to see it. I have this crazy, crazy theory about the ending, and it is making me go insane. Now, it's so crazy, I don't want to make a video on it in the sake of me being wrong, but I keep watching the movie, and I'm like, there are, there are legitimate things in the film that like just add to it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, I feel like those people watching Blade Runner and they're like, you see, he's the, he's the replicant. <laughs> uh, it is making me go insane. It is on Netflix. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. It is on Netflix, so there's no excuse for none of you to watch it. The movie on its own, besides my crazy theory, I think it's fantastic. It escalates into something that's super dark. But I might just make a video about it. Uh, I actually followed one of the writers and I was about to ask him. Then he followed me back and I'm like, hmm. Yeah, it was one of those things. So I'm like, Ooh. and they were, both of the writers were at Sundance too. So I just, I don't know. The more I look into it, I'm like, should I release this theory to the public? Because it just changes the way it is. I might make It'd a video cool. of it. I wouldn't, I mean, right? I, that's a that's a cool indie movie that deserves a little bit of shine on it. I, right. I haven't exactly. seen it, so like I'm not gonna I'm not talking about my evaluation of it. But that movie premiered, I believe, at the Tribeca Film Festival last year, yeah. which I was at, and I heard people talking about it. It's always exciting to hear people get talking about something that's a little smaller, doesn't really have any recognizable faces in it. It is from, uh, as far as I know, pretty much unknown writers and directors. First times, yeah, first timers. So yeah, I mean, uh, if people would check that out, that that's gonna be great. I'm definitely gonna check it out because you're actually the second person to recommend it to me. So uh, I, I need to catch up it. with something that's Do if it. it's getting this many recommendations and it's an indie movie. Oh, I, it's I like definitely a drug, want man. It on my radar. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, my my what we've been watching is a little more negative, I guess I'd say. Uh, but I'm kind of curious to see if anybody out there has seen it and thinks a little bit differently than I do. Uh, okay. It's the new movie Den of Thieves with hey! Gerard Butler, Fifty Cent, uh, Ice Cube Jr., O.C. Jackson Jr. How dare you! <laughs> I mean, it's so this is a fairly competent crime thriller. But yeah. I just feel like there's something missing here. I, have you seen this one or no? Oh, yeah, I saw it. The moment I came out of the theater, I saw you tweeted about it. And I was like, <laughs> this man, what could he possibly... I think you... When did you see it? Uh, I got a screening of it on Wednesday. Okay, and you tweeted about it on Wednesday. No, right? I think I tweeted or about Thursday. it on Thursday. Okay, see, because I had seen your tweet right before going into the movie. Oh, okay. And this man's like, it's the leftovers of Michael Mann. It might as well be called residual heat. I'm like, what's but, this um, man know? Sh- yeah, he was, he was super proud about this. So I sit there and I'm like, he's right. <laughs> Yo, like, it's even down to the runtime. The, like, plus two hour runtime. It okay. feels like heat. Movie ends and I'm like, what the heck? I thought I was going to have time in between because I saw 12 hours after it as well. And I'm like, oh, I have more than enough time. I could run to the steak and shake and get something to eat. Bro, what? Did you also Google the runtime like I did? Yes. Oh, Google. You got to get your Y'all got to fix like, that. You, you are a verb. You can't show people that the runtime is an hour 30 when the runtime is two hours, 20 minutes. Bro, they lied to you. I had absolutely no idea. Now, here's the thing, though. I didn't hate that last third like I think you did. I didn't, I didn't hate the last third. Um, so I actually ended up writing a review for Time Out New York. You can check out my review. I'll put it in the description down below. Uh, I thought this movie was fairly interesting in its opening and its closing sequences. It's just the entire middle that I just was so uninvolved in. I felt like it's never, it was never something that had two things going on at once. It's just one question. Like, will they get caught? Will they not get caught? Oh, that wasn't the question. The question was, how crazy can Gerard Butler get in this movie? Yeah, and Gerard Butler trying to do his best, like, corrupt cop Pacino thing. It's like, it just was never Pretending to be Russell Crowe. Yeah. Did you also... Uh, so one of my theories is that this is just a movie that's like pieced together of different bits of other movies. You know, you get Gerard Butler kind of, do, kind of doing like a training day-ish sort of vibe. And you have O'Shea Jackson Jr. gets the kind of like usual suspect Suspects. thing go, with his uh, storyline. And then it's Heat also. And it's Heat. There's then that it's Sicario. Moment, there's <laughs> that, uh, that Sicario moment by the ending. And there's that moment that I think is a direct lift from Bad Boys 2. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do I know what you're talking about? Are we, ta- we talking about 50's scene? Who the fuck is Reggie? Yeah, I'm talking about 50's scene. Uh, the prom date comes over and he's like, oh, I'm going to intimidate you. But this is like fun and me and my boys are going to have fun. Exactly the way that it happened in Bad Boys 2. Explain when somebody to me. comes for Martin Lawrence's daughter. No, see, explain to me. I know exactly what scene you were talking about because I was getting footage for a video as well. And I saw that scene. I was like, okay, yeah. what's the point of this scene? It doesn't seem like a spoiler. And I watch it. And I'm like, huh. Okay, and I didn't see the complete scene, so I'm like, okay, it seems like a funny scene. Because 50 Cent is huge in this movie. 50 Everybody's Cent is jacked up. massive. If you're, if you're into just, like, the, the like, brawn of these movies, yeah. it, it, sat, it delivers in that sense. So it's like this guy comes in, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> His dude's got the, uh, I think it was, it was a blood. Yeah, because it was yeah. red. And he's got, like, the, the handkerchief and everything. They're in L.A., and he just goes in there, like, pick up the, the, the daughter or whatnot, and 50's like, yo, let me talk to you for a second. Puts him in the garage, and it's all – and this scene's released, by the way. Uh, yeah. uh, they go to the garage, and he's got all the Samoans. Like, he's friends with a bunch of big Samoans. 
Uh, and and, and uh, porn stash from Orange Is the New Black for some reason. Yeah, Vin Diesel 2.0, and <laughs> they're just like chilling in there, and they just like interrogate the kid. I was like, all right, this is like your cheesy, funny moment if you're like a father, whatever. Explain to me why they keep the part where everyone yells cut and they all high-five each other going, yeah, that was a really good take. <laughs> I was like, did y'all just really keep that in? It made no sense whatsoever. It, it's it's just that Bad Boys 2 thing of like, you got to show, oh, they're friends and they're doing this for fun. Also, and... it has nothing to do with the movie at all. Yeah. It, nothing it's the, to do it's with the movie at all. It's a completely like non-quintile non-consequential scene that comes out of nowhere and doesn't come back anywhere else in the movie. It, it just really is a movie pieced together of other action movie tropes. The thing is, there are a lot of really good tropes they go to. So, like, it's satisfying in stretches. I, I'm curious to see... Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. Bless you. May 50 Cent bless you. <laughs> I'm curious to see... Uh, how many people out there actually kind of really dig this movie and whether or not those people have seen movies like Heat or The Usual Suspects. Because That's the thing. I think if those movies are maybe new to you, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff here. I just don't think it's as good as the stuff that influenced it. 1,000%. I agree with you. Not so much in... No, I mean, like, I get you with this movie. I think there's a bunch of movies in 2018 that's going to do a lot of that. It's going to yeah. take advantage of the fact that other people haven't seen it because I've already seen it happen. I watch movies and I'm like, oh, we're going there. Yeah. But I've seen it done better over here. I'm not going to bash it because it's been, because it's doing something that I've seen before. But when it doesn't do it as good, I am going to note it. And what I am noting is that the filmmakers who made this movie got a letterbox or an IMDb. And I can see that they were clearly influenced and now they're going to get the credit for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's that being said, like, not to get too, like, up my own ass and phil philosophically <laughs> about art in this, but like, if all art is influenced by other art and reductive to some point, like, yeah. is this just another way of doing it by lifting the best parts of other action movies? Only and if it's filmed in thirty-five millimeter. Good question. I actually and don't only, know that. <laughs> and only if O'Shea can get a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> I say watch it for the ending alone. You, the ending. Convincing or not convincing? The, uh, okay, the uh, O'Shea's British accent. When I first heard it, I was like the heck is this man dude get the heck out of here and then i heard a bit more and i was like i like whatever I don't, think, I don't think my man's about to like perform othello or anything but no, my man's, i thought it was convincing for that brought, moment no he's in the new ophelia movie with uh, <laughs> that's coming out at sundance <laughs> uh, all right so like I, i'm gonna go no on uh den of thieves i'm gonna go yay. Going? Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm saying so. it's rent-worthy. It's rent-worthy. Watch it with your boys who you would do the Samoan prom <laughs> night thing just for the ending alone. There's the some ending fun stuff there. is so absurd. Yeah. The heist is so absurd, but then the ending ending is so absurd. And and you got to be willing to accept a few plot holes because there's plot holes in this Plot movie. holes that like lead to the sewers that end up being an escape plot holes. Yeah, those type of plot holes. Plot holes is what you get. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, we move on to the gay or nay, looking at the latest happenings in the entertainment industry, and we start with where Art will be. He's going to be flying in the air, flying on a jet plane by the time this podcast is live, <laughs> out to Park City, Utah, uh, for the Sundance Film Festival, yeah, which boy. began Friday a week ago. Yeah, Friday. Friday. Um, sorry. I'm following it like uh, crazy. <laughs> So, yeah, and, and it opened with the opening night film Private Life, 
which a lot of people saw, mm -hmm. and there's been a few films to screen since, including Bo Burnham's Eighth Grade, which a lot of people are excited about. Uh, I know we usually do yay or nay about a question whether uh -huh. or not you're into something, but I, I kind of feel like the answer is obvious. obvious. Art, could you be any more excited for this year's Sundance Film Festival? Bro, I have said this multiple times. I started off the show by saying that every film fan needs to go to it. I, I, I think we covered it, that I had gone, like, last year I was able to travel a lot. Like, I went to Cedar Point. I think we Point. touched on it. Yeah, which was on my bucket list and all this different stuff. <laughs> Even going to New York. But Sundance is just, like, the dream come true. I've been waiting all year for it. I, like, truly love it. I'm going to learn from all my mistakes from last time. Uh, and, yo, Bo Burnham. Having his directorial debut has me excited as can be. A bunch of the other ones that I have on my list. Yo, I, yeah. Yeah. It's and my favorite. Not place. to mention uh, just about that Bo Burnham thing. Like, I love that he's doing a middle school story. Like, he, he could do a lot of different things, but I think he's close enough that he could have some really interesting insight to that middle school awkwardness. That's the praise it's been getting. To, what? That's the praise it's been getting, how authentic yeah. he was able to get into it. I just feel like that's really well suited for, for what I see from his comedy. I'm sure he'll be able to do more stuff, but I'm glad that he's indulging in like mm -hmm. uh, being young, at least. Uh, I, I'm super excited for that movie, even though I'm not going to be at Sundance like you. But yeah, that's right, I'll a be lot sure. of other things that look good there. Uh, do you want to talk about some of the other films that you're most excited to see, Yo, what sure. you have planned? So, like, you, he mentioned Private Life. Private Life got picked up by Netflix. The route that I usually go is, my, my biggest thing is premieres and the uh, the dramatic narrative competition because they got a bunch of different genres and stuff, but I feel like the best ones always come out of there. Uh, Yardi, you're just like the, the wrap-up stuff. Yardi, I'm very curious in seeing because there is... Um, Idris. Idris Elba is directing that movie. Oh, is that his debut? It's his debut. I want to say it's his debut because that's what it said, but I don't know if it's like a Greta Gerwig thing where he's got like a secret one that he actually, yeah. Right. Uh, so he's got that one. It's in the world competition because I believe it's South African, but uh, I haven't heard too much about it because you got to be careful. You know, you hear some praise and you never know if it's like an Idris Elba fan, which I don't care to hear yeah. from them. I care to hear like from the people who are going to like do it objectively. There's um, also such a thing as like festival fever is I think what people colloquially call mm, colloquially trust call it. me. Yeah. Yes, there is. It's like screener like, fever where mm, people have that too. They go see a, a screening of a movie like audiences love it. Yeah. Cause you give them a free movie and popcorn. Mm -hmm. Of course they're going to love it. Yeah, it, it, it feels really special to be in the room with the filmmakers and, and stuff. Yeah, like, it, it I does. remember being at uh, the Toronto Film Festival for Kill Your Dar Darlings, like a kind of forgettable biopic from a couple years ago. Uh -huh. And the writer-director was there, and he was just so excited. He was like, I'm going to be late for my plane, but I'm going to answer three more questions. And like, I kind of subconsciously gave the movie an extra half star. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie because of the Q&A that you guys will never see. Yes, yes. But, uh, no, yeah, so there is that, and that's a, that's a thing to know. But there's Yardi. Um, I said Private Life was getting a lot of love. The Tale was getting a lot of love. This was one of my last-minute additions. I'm very happy, not to brag, but I think... I, did I not cover in the other show how I had, like, my freaking Jonah Jameson, like, things that I was going? It has paid off for the most part because everyone that got love... Uh, uh, I have tickets for almost and all the ones that were like from critics that I do trust that didn't fail me last year they're like yeah this movie complete garbage and I was like oh good thing I didn't get that ticket um, but the tale was one that I got last minute and this is a I think it's Laura Dern is in it and a lot of people have come out going like yo 
the tale is deep stuff. Uh, there's a really cool story of uh, big feminist, huge feminist, like actress. She's like been all over the place talking about it. Jane Fonda? No, no, no. Or... A little bit younger. Uh, I think she was in Charmed. Oh, um, uh, she... you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, she did yeah. like the whole thing at the airport because uh, some guy like had told Ashley her she Judd. looked really nice. I want to say it's Ashley Judd, but I always get that her name her name confused with somebody else's. If y'all know who I'm talking about, she came up to one of the producers Alyssa and was like, Milano. "Is it Alyssa Milano? Okay, her. Yes, yeah. her. She goes up to like one of the producers at one of the parties and just straight up goes, he's like, have you seen the tale? The tale is so fantastic.' And the producer goes, "Yeah, I made it." And she just goes. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting story. A lot of people have been loving that movie. Hyped for that. Uh, the Guilty. I usually don't go into the World Cinema Competition because I did that last year. And they all disappointed me. And y'all did not hear about any of those movies at all. And I'm like, kind of failed me. But The Guilty is one that people have been hyping up quite a bit. Saying that it's a, it's a, it's a gem. It all takes place in one room. Supposedly, it's kind of like a... Um, ah, Eagles in the eye in the sky. Oh, you bird, and I, like a bird's eye view. No, no, no. Do you remember eye in the sky? Was it eye in the sky? You and I both liked that movie. Eagle eye. No, no, no. The one with uh, Helen Mirren, Aaron Paul. Oh. Uh, it's eye in the sky, is it not? That movie uh, where that it all takes place and everyone's like in in their own separate rooms and they're trying to like drone shot uh, uh, a place and they don't know whether to do it or not. Yeah, Eye in the Sky, Eye in the See? Sky. See? Man, I know my stuff trying to second guess me. I hear that this movie's a lot like that. So I'm like, okay, yo, cool. I'm down. But my last one before I get in my five is the Sundance Film Festival, which is an indie darling, which is all about, you know, the prestige and the sposh and having freaking Nicolas Cage come in in a movie called Mandy. Have you heard of this thing? Yeah, there's some nuts looking screenshots. This is insane. Yeah. All I know is that it's Nick Cage, chainsaws, a cult, and that the last hour supposedly is the most nuts he ever goes. And I'm watching this at midnight. I got my yeah, tickets for midnight. We don't need any more information. This will be they a say, lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. They out. say the first hour is a little slow, but that's so the drugs kick in. Because then that last hour is bonkers. <laughs> Let me get to my top five. Uh, Blind Spotting is a movie with David Diggs. This is part of the narrative competition. I got it because David Diggs, if you don't know, is Thomas Jefferson. Fantastic rapper. Hamilton. Uh, the initial reviews I saw were like, it falls apart at the end. Wow. Uh, it's, I'm like, oh, that's... Then I heard other people going, like, no, it's, it gets better at the end. Then more people saying, no, nah, you're wrong. It falls apart at the end. Then people saying, it's like, no, it's fantastic. It goes like that. And other people going, no, it's 90 <laughs> minutes and it drags. And I'm like, bro, what the heck? And it ended up becoming, if you're following the thing, Blind Spotting is the one polarizing movie. And I'm like, that's what I needed it to be. <laughs> Supposedly, the ending, you either love it or you hate it. And I have seen people going everywhere, and I'm like, is that not the best? I'm it's, not saying. It's, it's always the ones that have the most thought provoking stuff. Exactly. In it. Uh, number four is Wildlife. Completely forgot to buy my tickets for this movie. You is know that what the this Paul is? Paul Dano one? Yeah. How do I forget nice. to buy a Paul Dano, Zoe Kazan, the, the kid from The Visit, it's fine, whatever for him, <laughs> uh, freaking. Uh, my boy. Oh no! Nightcrawler, my favorite uh, actor. Riz Ahmed is he in no, it? No, 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 no. Main Nightcrawler, Jake? the Nightcrawler. Jake. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. 
Jake is in oh, it. Oh, wow. I didn't Directed by Paul Dano, written by him and his girlfriend, and um, uh, Lewin Davis. Oscar Isaac? No, 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 no. The girl. Oh, Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan is in it as too. Damn. How did I forget to buy tickets for this thing? I have absolutely no idea. I've been hearing good things about it. I love Paul Dano. Do you want to um, retake this uh, wildlife thing just so you now that you have all the names? Yeah, sure. Uh, number four is Wildlife, and I don't know how I completely forgot this movie considering that this is directed by Paul Dano, written with his girlfriend, has freaking the best cast that you can ask for. My favorite actor... I forgot his name again. What's his name? <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal is in it. And I completely forgot that this was screening. And then people went to go see it and they're like, yo, this is probably one of the best uh, directorial debuts that you're going to see out there. And I'm like, Great. Yeah, people have been talking a lot of hype about wildlife. So, so yeah, I messed up. That is the one movie on this list I don't have tickets to. But what I Carrie do Mulligan have tickets also to. In that. Carrie Mulligan is in it. Mumford's wife. She's fantastic as well. Number three is Hereditary. I bought this just going. It sounds interesting. And A24 came in and said, because not a lot of uh, distributors are buying movies this year. But A24 came in and said, you know what? Y'all messed up last year. Fox Searchlight dropped like $9 million on patty cakes. It made like less than a mil. <laughs> so everyone's like, eh. A24 is like, nah. They bought 8th Grade and they bought this movie. And they're like, they tweeted about it. They're like, y'all about to be shook. And I'm like, bruh. That's the movie. That's one of the first movies. It's the, it's the first movie I'm watching as soon as I land. Nice. And I'm super hyped for it. It's about like, I don't, I actually, I don't know what it's about. It's a midnight movie. Something about a family and, I don't know, generations. I have absolutely no idea. A24 picked it up. They are stoked about it. And so am I. Yeah. Number two. I mean, that's always an interesting way to go about some of these films, yeah. too, is, like, see who picks them up and see if your taste aligns with them. Because, like, there are there is kind of a vibe to an A24 movie yes. or a Netflix movie and stuff like that. Um, anyway. For me, it's always if Amazon picks it up or if A24 picks it up, I'm watching it. Netflix, we'll talk about that a bit because there's a little bit of a dilemma that's, that, that got brought up. Yeah. Number two is Sorry to Bother You. I got every Lakeith Stanfield movie. I got tickets for all of them. This is the one that people are saying. I heard one person say it. Something you ever hear this? You've never seen anything like this. I mean, right? It's said about movies, right? Occasionally. But then another person says it, and respected critics say it, and it just keeps coming out and it keeps coming out, and people say it in different ways, and I'm like. That's intriguing. That's why I got it for my second day. Supposedly it is insane. Army Hammer's in it as well. Uh, Tessa Thompson's in it as well. And Lakeith Stanfield's in it. Not that it's a spoiler, but I guess it isn't a thing. I, I don't know what it's about other than he's like a telemarketer and that it's a sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. I'm I've heard like, that vague plot description yo. too, but I'm I'm definitely in for that movie. It sounds very cool. Uh, that sounds insane. I'm just, I, I can't wait for that. I just want an experience. Um... Which is why I'm also very curious about the VR. I didn't get to do the VR last year, and I really regretted it. But this year, supposedly, they stepped up their game. That's what I'm excited for, but not as excited as my number one, eighth grade. Big Bo Burnham fan. That's all I'm going to say. I stayed up late waiting to see what the reviews were going to be for that first screening. They came in. Everyone absolutely loved it to the point that people were sharing their eighth grade pictures. I'm sold. Yeah, I mean that seems to be one of the breakouts of the festival so far. So I'm mm. very interested. And it's to the hear one I had reaction. my hopes for the most. This is my Brigsby Bear. This is my Whiplash. 
Yeah, I mean, there's gonna, there's always like a weird game you have to play when you're on Twitter at this time of year of like, yeah. whose instant reaction do I trust the, the most? most. There, there's never like a universally loved movie. There's always like some person who's like, uh, people are hyping the shit out of this movie. Yeah. That's just okay. But uh, if you find people you like, make sure you follow along. If you're listening to this podcast, you better be following Art on Twitter. I'm sure you, you'll be sharing a few reactions to the movies you see on Twitter, and maybe you'll be sharing that eighth grade photo as well. <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna share the ending to all the movies along with that too. I'm t- uh, but yeah, it's dope. I'm excited. Awesome. So uh, we get into the news of the day, starting with the recent dilemma around all the money in the world. This is the movie that was reshot after the revelations of Kevin Spacey's uh, sexual misconduct, and they replaced Kevin Spacey with Christopher Plummer. So why is this in the news again? Well, the pay gap between Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams has been revealed, and it's kind of astoundingly large. Wahlberg refused to Wahlberg refused to do the reshoots on a scale rate. So he ended up getting paid 1.5 million to come back and reshoot scenes with Plummer, while Michelle Williams received uh, what's it like? like a little under a thousand. Yeah, yo, like it's a, a huge, huge, huge disparity. Now, uh, there's been a lot of debate about what <laughs> what's the correct course of action since then. <laughs> WME and Mark Wahlberg have decided that they want to donate that $1.5 million to uh, charity. I think they donated it to the Time's Up movement. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, it was to the Time's Up legal fund, which I didn't know that I hashtag. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a legal fund. It's it's very, like, it's become this interesting talking point where they've, it's become a discussion of uh, pay gaps and and gender disparities in Hollywood because Wahlberg was also paid more for Michelle Williams for the actual film uh, performance, but the pay gap was not as large as it was for these reshoots. Uh, Art, yay or nay, did they take the right course of action when uh, this was revealed? Who? The people Uh, reacting to it, or...? Mark Wahlberg and WME. Oh, you mean, like, donating the money? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's not a bad thing. It's good. I just found that different than when let me see toss your head a little bit to the left or the right just a little bit just just move your head to the left or the right just a little bit out of the frame yeah that that guy right there timmy my boy timmy who donated his money from uh his woody allen movie because he truly felt like doing that he new york exactly this this man and he's a man who who isn't even i i believe he's gonna be solidified i believe in him but he's at the the start of his career and he's willing to give an entire paycheck Mark Wahlberg can do that Mark, mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg will be paid forever he doesn't have to work again with Ted and Transformers he don't got to do anything else but this man yeah. did it but there's a difference there you know what I mean he mm-hmm. did it out of his heart Mark Wahlberg can't say that he didn't but what, what do you think did he well, do it yeah, because no, it was forced I mean both Timothy and Mark did it after receiving some pub, uh, backlash but Timothy jumped to the start of it and and really like put out a a good statement uh, <laughs> no. that he owned up to his failings. Whereas Mark Wahlberg is kind of yeah. just like hiding and not really commenting. Let, let the publicist and... do it while Timmy went to the bank and signed it himself. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's just like the optics of it are kind of, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get people to quiet down. I mean, you know, I don't. Do you think the he pro- was wrong for getting I, the money? The, 
No, no, that's the thing. The problem isn't that he got the money. The problem is that the studio wanted to pay them differently. Or yeah. that, you know, that there was this disparity in the first place. I mean, like, it, it's a weird thing where Mark Wahlberg becomes the face of a systemic problem, even though Mark Wahlberg isn't the person who's paying women less. Um, I, I, you know, I'm glad that they did this as a statement because Mark Wahlberg sure, sure as hell doesn't need, need that it. $1.5 million. I think it's a good statement fact, regardless, like, yeah. He could probably donate a little bit more knowing what, how much he gets paid for those Transformers mm -hmm. movies. But, um, yeah, it, it just sort of, I feel like sometimes the conversation ends up in a weird place. Uh, as long as this is staying a uh, conversation about the right topics, I think it's a good thing. But, uh, and... I just don't know if it necessarily that $1.5 million makes me feel like, oh, well, everything's good now, you know? Exactly. You heard about how they have the same agents? <laughs> like, they're in the yeah. same agency? Yeah, they both are at WME, which <sighs> makes this even worse. I would fire my agent if I was Michelle Williams. If, you, if I knew that somebody in the building got, got better pay for Wahlberg. Yeah. Because she's, she's a bigger role in that movie than he is. I think he had maybe more reshoots to do than she did, but she's definitely the star. So, I made a video a while back and uh, about um, Passengers with Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. And how she got paid $20 million as opposed to Chris Pratt's, I think it was like under 10 or something like that, whatever mm -hmm. it was, and that disparity, even though he's the main actor in the movie, and yeah. he's like in three-fourths of it while she's literally sleeping. <laughs> and I have no problem with that. People, people ignored it, and they were like, it's because she's bigger. I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. She mm -hmm. is bigger. She deserves the money at that point. Let's not act like Chris Pratt wasn't a big star. Man had Jurassic World and Guardians already set. But mm -hmm. the irony in that I brought in that video was that Jennifer Lawrence had complained about American Hustle. Yeah. When that was revealed. Yet it came out that, well, she wasn't as big yet. Just mm -hmm. like Chris Pratt wasn't as big yet. Because Jurassic World got released and became a big hit after they it, were filming. It's this weird thing where, you know... It, we're trying to work on pay disparity, but there is such a thing as uh, celebrity having different kinds of draw. So I uh, don't know if necessarily Mark Wahlberg is like that much bigger of a draw than Carrie Mulligan. And I think well, it's not, uh, not is it Carrie Mulligan? It's um, Michelle Williams. I'm yeah. sorry, I, for, well, I always mix them up for so, no good reason. Dude, okay, um, when we were talking about wildlife, I almost said Michelle Williams because I do too. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. But okay, name me the Michelle Williams movie. Are we going to say Brokeback? Uh, yeah, maybe. No. That makes money. We're talking bank. Oh, oh, that makes money? I mean, like, she also has the... People know Mark Wahlberg. A... They don't know her. Some people yeah, but... still call her, uh, uh, uh... But she not also to brings her. more Legend. of the prestige. She's the Oscar nominee. Okay, uh, but... Wahlberg's been nominated for The Departed. I mean... Right, but... I... A lot of people say this, that Oscars get you paid. You're the Oscar man. Do Oscars really get you paid? I mean, they, they don't definitely help. They like they like when they can put that little yeah. Like, but Academy it's blockbusters that get you paid. Still, it's, the it Rock ain't got no. It helps. The Rock ain't got no Oscars. He yeah, gets I mean, paid. That, you you definitely don't need Oscars to get paid. If that's if that's the argument you're making, yeah, I, I agree. I think it adds prestige. You are one thousand percent correct, and I I don't agree. My thing is, I think she just has a really bad agent. In the words of one of my favorite actresses working right now, Charlize Theron. Mm -hmm. When they asked her, how do we fix the page, the, 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 the wage gap? And she said, just ask to get paid more. Like her words were literally, he's like, a lot of people 
are complaining that, that they can't get it. And yeah. and she says, like, I stand with those people. If there's ever an issue like that, I will stand for them. She's like, but the way I fix it is I just straight up asked them for more money. And they said, okay. I agree. Uh, but I also feel like there should be a little bit of pressure on the studios, not on the actors. Oh, the, on stu- the studios. But the studios are to, scumbags to regardless. To voluntarily be a little bit more equilateral in their payments. You see uh, the way that uh, TV ends up paying a lot of actors the same amount of money once a few seasons come along. And now yeah. you see there's like this whole new scandal with. Uh, not scandal, controversy with Blackish, where Tracy Ellis Ross is being paid a lot less than Anthony Anderson. I think you can oh, maybe yeah. understand I... that season one or season two, but now that they're kind of established, like you gotta, I feel like there has to be a little bit more effort from these studios to to level the playing field and elevate people to the point where, because if you're not gonna, if you're always gonna pay Michelle Williams less than Mark Wahlberg, then it's gonna be harder for her to negotiate that she gets the same pay as Mark Wahlberg. I agree with what you're saying. I just think it's a different... One, I think the studios... I'm not even saying they're sexist. I think they're just jerks. I think that they're yes, literally just power hungry. They don't see that's anything. True. They just see... The only thing they're seeing is green. They just want money. All right? They want to screw everyone over. If we're talking that, yo, then forget the actors. Give it to the grips. Give it to the busboys. Give it to those people, all right? Because they make the movies. Yeah. Other anyway. than that... Yeah. Uh, it is Sunday night when we're recording this, and the SAG Awards just happened. They uh, potentially will reflect on the future Oscar winners, so we want to talk about them a little Lay bit. Lay it on me. I know nothing. So on the TV side, Big Little Lies and Veep dominated most of those categories, but in film, best actor in a supporting role is Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards. Thrace. Best actress in a supporting role, Alison Janney, I, Tanya. Best <sighs> actor... Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour, Best Actress, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards, and Best Ensemble also went to Three Billboards. So, Art, yay or nay, based on this, do you think Three Billboards is the Best Picture frontrunner headed into Oscar night? Three or two episodes ago, you gave me that statistic about that about, uh, I can't remember which award show specifically, but you said, he's like, since whatever... The movie been, that has won Best Picture. Go ahead. It's been 22 years since the movie that won Best Picture was not nominated for Best Ensemble at mm-hmm. SAG Awards. Exactly. So we looked at it. We're like, okay, so then that means these are the Best Picture nominees. I saw that fall, and I was waiting for it to fall. And that that's right there is what is what brings me to this. This is uh. a heaven-sent message right here. That the moment you gave me that stat, something clicked in me, and I said, it's going to be three billboards. And since then, every time someone asks me, I say it's going to be Three Billboards. And I know Three Billboards is your favorite, so I'm sure you're rooting for it. For me, I'm yeah. like, okay. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Three Billboards. But to me, I was like, that's the one that's going to win it. Yeah. And this, I, I, I think, also, solidifies it. I feel like this is definitely a big vote in its favor. I do think that it's not necessarily like a done deal. I do think that this is maybe indicative that Three Billboards will uh, be doing really well in the nominations. But... Uh, the Oscars are happening pretty late this year. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some like counter campaigning now that it's a front runner. You know, yeah. remember that like Argo won Best Picture after Ben Affleck was snubbed Best Director. Mm-hmm. So the narrative changes once again after the nominations happen. But I think at this moment, like if the nominations were revealing the winners to, Three Billboards probably yes would win. You know more about this than I do. I know you made videos on it as well. They vote after the nominations. They vote again after the nominations for who will win. Oh, they vote for the top picks, and then they vote again. Okay. Yes. I don't like that. 
<laughs> I don't like that. It's, they get too influenced. I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, like, they want to be nah. able to pick from whoever gets nah, nominated, it's gotta, I guess. <laughs> they got to treat them like an actual jury. Like, like they got to treat them like an actual 12 people. Stuff them in a room. They can't talk to anybody until the votes are in. Can't get these people influenced. Who, who are the 12, though? Is it Meryl <laughs> Streep, Tom Hanks, and, like, a bunch of other actors, or what? We have to have an approval thing. Like, when you're in court and you're like, yes, your honor, this one can stay. <laughs> That's the way it's got to be. I like that. I like that. But you're so cool. You want three billboards to win? I, I still want three billboards to win. I'm not necessarily going to be upset if it doesn't because I think this is a year that has a lot of really good uh, potential nominees. I think The Shape of Water, Get Out, any of those movies would be worthy winners. So I, I don't know, but I Get I'd Out would like be the dopest to win. Get and Out would we'll be. Go ahead. No, Get Out to me would be like when we all thought Mad Max could win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I, what it's I don't like. Don't necessarily to me. think it has a good chance, but that'd be fun. That'd be a lot uh, of fun. Yeah. Anyway, speaking about three billboards, chances and a potential backlash, there is some talk brewing about whether or not everything depicted in three billboards is savory. So uh, this is going to get a little bit into spoilery details, but we're not going to reveal quite so mm -hmm. much. It's going to be vague. So if you haven't seen it, I think you can still listen to this discussion. But if not, check the description down below. Check the description to f uh, fast forward to a different part of the podcast where we won't be talking three billboard spoilers at all. Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk a little bit about them now. So there has been some uh, reporting from Gene Denby at NPR and Matt Zoller Seitz from RogerEbert.com and Wesley Morris from the New York Times, all sort of reflecting on the story in Three Billboards and specifically the character that Sam Rockwell portrays. Because Sam Rockwell's character is given this backstory that we've actually discussed on Intercut. Yes, we have. Uh, specifically, yes, we have. that uh, his character essentially tortured a black person uh, mm -hmm. for, uh, did they reveal exactly why for information? Not, just to, not just to do it the same way he did it to the white person. Yeah, just the same to, way yeah. he did it to the white person. He, the dude had anger management issues. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly like depicted in a pretty negative actually, light. You know, now that you say that, movie. he ain't racist. He's just an overall mess, actually. He didn't yeah, hate I mean, one person, he hated everyone. Exactly, and he's, He's clearly got drinking issues as well. He's living at home with his mother. There's like not, he, he's not the yeah most uh, likable. Oh no, he's not likable at all. At all. But yeah. that just made me think about it. So anyway, he, the recent discussion has been whether or not the movie is sort of racially insensitive or racist or, or any form of that uh, that you think uh, based on its depiction of black people and its use of them uh, rather than necessarily centering them in this story, the way that racism is sort of a uh, tertiary issue in this movie, but it's not necessarily the central focus. So, Art, yay or nay, is this Three Billboards Backlash getting you to change your opinion on the movie at all? No, I think it's garbage. <laughs> I made a whole video about it, so I'm very curious to know your thoughts because you really love the movie. Yes. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll I'll I've the, talked my yeah. I talked about the video down length. below. Uh, so I want to know your thoughts. Take, have it below. Uh, I'll say this. So I do think that the movie uh, could benefit from potentially exploring some of its black characters more. They have a couple black characters who are very kind of outside of the story and and not really relevant to the main plot. Mm -hmm. And it's. 
to that in combination with this uh, racism anecdote, kind of just being an anecdote, is a little bit. It's a little bit sidelining of black perspective and black voices. So that's not my favorite aspect of it. But I don't think that means that the movie is racist or that it's trying to redeem its racist character. I think that if you read that Three Billboards is getting to you to sympathize or be on the side of Sam Rockwell's character by the end, you're misreading that movie. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not what Martin McDonough's intention is with uh, this film. I think the film is far more about the ways in which uh, people who are not necessarily likable or on our side or even redeemable can surprise can, you. It, it can surprise you and be capable of potentially good things. Does that make them good people? Absolutely no. not. Just Absolutely like the, not. Just like the good people could also surprise you and do bad things. Yeah, and, and wait, the that's final... the point of the movie. <laughs> and so the way that the movie ends, I'm not gonna really <sighs> say exactly what happens if you're still worried yeah. about the spoilery thing. No worries uh, about it, but it it's that it it ends on a note where you're kind you know, they're off to do a task that could be deemed morally right, but I think it's a lot more ambiguous than that. And I think if you want to take a very simple read of the movie, then maybe, yeah, it's like a redemption arc for Sam Rockwell, but I think that's not as interesting as reading it as a much more ambiguous ending, as one that asks you to think about what people are capable of and what bad people are capable of and, and basically what we have to contend with in our society. So I think that it could have benefited from more uh, black characters being featured more prominently, but I don't think that's necessarily an indictment of the movie that makes it unworthy of as something like Best Picture. I still think it's a great film. Can I play devil's advocate? Yeah, please. Since you are number one. I, I will side with the people who I actually disagree with, but I'll bring this up. What do you think the theme is in the movie? Like, it, like in one line. Or better yet, what is the one line that keeps repeated? And I know it was one of your favorite lines in the movie. Penelope like, said begets. Mm -hmm. And that um, stems from what, what quote? That gets brought up multiple times in the movie. Oh, um, you do it because I'm going to butcher the quote. Anger only begets more anger. Yeah. So as devil's advocate of people defending the movie by saying... Well, yeah, he's racist or wrong or whatever he does, but if he's making a change, isn't that the point? Isn't the point to not slash back with anger, but with forgiveness? Mm -hmm. Then why does the movie end with them going to go kill someone? <laughs> yeah. I it's mean, we put, the we put the little spoiler there or something, right? And I'm not yeah, saying yeah. who tries to do it, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get it again. Really I'm playing devil's advocate, but no, I have no, no, heard I that it. rebuttal. I just really don't think that the, it's it's as clean morally as people want it to be. I don't think it's necessarily telling us to prescribe to one point of view or the other, just to understand that things are complicated and things yeah. aren't as you know uh, cut and dry as we often try to make them out to be. I think uh, really what the movie is to me is about the moral ambiguity and gray areas in which we all occupy. So. That's the only devil's, just devil's advocate that I have. Everything else, you know, you brought up about the uh, black perspective. I mm. remember when a white person, a white director, tried to do the black perspective and they got bashed for it. Detroit. Yeah. And then yeah. those same people who bashed her for saying that, no, she doesn't know the black perspective, then bashed three billboards because he didn't do the black perspective. 
But if you did do the black perspective, you would have bashed him because he's white and you wouldn't have gotten the black perspective. It, it, is, it is hard to win, but I, I think there could necessarily... I think there's maybe better ways to uh, go about commenting on racism if you feel like the movie is commenting on racism. I just don't think that's really what it's commenting on. That's why it's funny. We're arguing with ourselves. No one in the cast, I'm pretty sure, is even remotely Republican. Yet we're arguing about how it's... Like, have we thought about that? The other thing that's interesting about this is that people are now saying that this might affect the movie's chances, not just for Best Picture, Mm -hmm. but specifically for Sam Rockwell at winning Best Supporting Actor. Like, do people want to vote for a racist character? Uh, What do you feel about that idea, that it could potentially affect his Oscar chances, specifically Rockwell's? What what other actors, as I talk, do we have who are up for the supporting role? Because I remember Sam Rockwell being one of the best A lot of people think that Willem Dafoe for Florida Project is the front runner. I would go there. I have no problem with Willem Dafoe winning. Yeah. It it would suck for Sam. Sam's number one, has he? No. Neither is Willem, I believe. Feel like Rockwell's got a little bit more in him. Yeah, <laughs> so I feel give like it Rockwell the... will have more great roles and more opportunities. Uh, Willem is a little weirder and takes a bunch of indie movies. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to see him awarded for Florida Project, a, a smaller movie that's probably not going to get a lot of other shine in big categories. I know it's going to um, win. <laughs> Bridge of Spies, dude, again. <laughs> Was he even Dunkirk? in something? <laughs> Surprise nomination for and, Mark and Rylance. The, and the winner, Mark Rylance for, for Dunkirk. You, you see Stallone at home. Christoph Waltz wasn't in anything big uh, this year. Uh, so we move on to the Razzie nominations, our last story in the yay or nay. The real awards uh, that matter. Yeah, the award show that we all really, really mm-hmm. care about. This is the list of worst picture nominees. The Emoji Movie, Transformers The Last Night, Fifty Shades Darker, the Mummy, and Baywatch. So, Art, yay or nay, the Razzies got it right, talking about the worst films of 2017. Worst movie of 2017, all y'all who made your list were wrong. 9-11's the worst film of, of 2017. That's a fact. Yeah. That's a straight-up fact. So y'all ain't I, mean, I didn't it. see it, but I'm, I'm willing to agree with you there. Y'all not putting it on that list is disrespectful because someone else was disrespectful. <laughs> So um, I think that the Razzies would argue that all the movies they put on their list were bigger movies, and that's kind of been the Razzies. That's the Razzies thing, yeah. That's why uh, we see Johnny Depp in the... Maybe not why we see Johnny Depp for the uh, Pirates performance in Poisonous Performance by an Actor, but it's definitely why we see Jennifer Lawrence from Mother in Noxious Enactment by an Actress. What is that in her category title, even? What's the name of the category? Noxious enactment by an actress. And what was the male one? Poisonous performance by an actor. I hate the Razzies. Was this PBS? <laughs> I really hate the Razzies. Wow. I, mean, I think it's really just like attention grabbing uh, in, in a way that's like kind of gross and piling on celebrities just for the sake of clicks. Uh, you know, they don't really think that Jennifer Lawrence's performance is probably one of the worst of the year. They just know that they'll get attention if they put it there. Put so. Jennifer Lawrence because she's so high profile. Yeah, exactly. Um, as for cringy. this list of bad movies, though, I mean, these are probably f- five mo- five of the movies that I avoided the hardest. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're not great movies, but they're not the worst of the year. Yeah. we Trust me, we never see the worst of the year. Yeah, yeah, and that gets into a whole other question. Yeah, I guess to a whole other question. Yeah. bad, bad movie. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we move on to our topic of the week, and it's the Oscar nominations. As we said... 
Today is the big day for the reveal of the Oscar nominations. Mm -hmm. Congratulations to The Shape of Water. Congratulations to Three <laughs> Billboards Outside Elbing, Missouri. Congratulations to Get Out on its Best Picture nomination. Brigsby Bear, you were such a surprise. I didn't know you would make it in here. <laughs> Bridge of Spies? <laughs> what? Again. Mad I Max. Thought, I thought this year was the post. Ah. Um, so we obviously don't know what movies were nominated since this is still uh, before the reveal, but we want to talk about what we hope to see, and uh, I think it might be interesting to listen to this uh, once the re nominations are revealed mm -hmm. so you can see how much our hopes lined up with what actually yeah. happened. You tell, uh, our, you, you tell me, and I'll tell you whether you're right or wrong. <laughs> uh, so what I want to see? Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you what I want to see, and you'll tell me whether or not that's right or wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so <laughs> I'm <we've>, in Wednesday. <laughs> we've already talked a lot about uh, three billboards. I think we both want to see that it's in gonna a lot win. of major categories. Uh, I think that I would personally like to see uh, nominations for uh, Phantom Thread and Shape of Water oh, in Phantom major Thread, categories. Yes. I have a little bit of a fear that Phantom Thread is going to be left out. Um, I'd also really love to see... Uh, Florida Project show up in more than just supporting actor. I have a fear that it won't. I kind of don't think it will show up anywhere I don't think else, it should. It, you, it, I mean, there, there's an argument to be made for that, but I kind of hope that it'll maybe get somewhere like cinematography. Or Beast somewhere. of the Southern Wild type of thing? Like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I could even make an argument that he should be in there for director above I take it easy nominees. now. <laughs> If they give it to him and I get a girl wig, then I I am Not, marching. <laughs> I don't think he should win, but I think like I'd rather see him. It's an honor just than Steven Spielberg. Uh, uh, I saw the post though, and I, <laughs> I do think that he should be nominated a little bit. So I'm just saying. Oh, so you saw the post? Yeah, and I agree. Just, I also would like to see uh, yeah, but just, get a couple. That's what I'm saying. If the man does a good job because he's a veteran, we can't just be like, nope, sorry, can't make it in. Yeah, I mean. There's a bunch of movies that I'm hoping uh, get nominated for Best Picture, like The Post, like Phantom Thread, like The Shape of Water. I'm a little more worried about Phantom Thread uh, breaking in there. Uh, I don't really want to see Darkest Hour get into the Best Picture. Okay, have you seen field. Darkest Hour? Yeah, I have. And? I'm not really that high on the movie. I think Oldman's performance is solid, but like the movie itself is kind of boring and a little bit conventional okay, so yeah. and a little cheesy by the end. Yeah. Uh, this is a sin, by the way. No, remember I asked you, I'm like, should I see The Darkest Hour or sh or should I go see Father Figures? <laughs> I'm a fake movie fan. <laughs> Father Figures is trash, too, by the way, but yeah. Um, no, that's what I've heard the same thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, the performance is great. And then I don't hear anything else about a movie, and I'm like, you smell that? Yeah, that sounds like someone pretending like they didn't just waste two hours of their time. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I... I have a little bit of a resentment when movies like that kind of get pulled over the yeah, line pulled by in. like one really good thing or no. two really good things. Well, then why Phantom, um, Why wouldn't Phantom Thread? That's what I'm talking about. Because Phantom Thread is a full-packed punch. So there's a lot of people speculating that it just hasn't been seen by enough people. You oh. know, it kind of was like a slower, late-in-the-year release. They didn't send out a lot of screeners, apparently. Uh, it didn't, didn't get nominated at the SAG Awards for anything, but so did The Post. So, so are you... So you're saying it's the studio's fault? Uh, yeah, I mean, if that's the I'm a little goal, upset. I'm a yeah. little upset because you know how much I love this movie and I hate the fact that no one's seen it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a movie that will get some respect uh, in the years to come, as a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson movies do. But yeah, I'm just a little bit worried that like 
inherit I be surprised Vice. if Day Lewis missed out on a nomination. Okay, see, that's just straight up disrespectful, though. Yeah. So that's what I want to see. What I don't want to see, oh, what I also want to see actually is uh, Mudbound not get completely overlooked. I really enjoyed Mudbound. I thought Mudbound was a really well-made movie. It is. And I think uh, either maybe Jason Mitchell in Best Supporting Agreed. or Dean in Best Director or the movie in Best Picture, I think it deserves one or two of the major nominations. I think it would be really cool. Do you think they won't do it because of the theatrical release thing? I do think that's a big obstacle for the Netflix, mm. Netflix movies, and I don't know if Mudbound has like the hype really to that's what I'm saying. drag it over the line. But if it did, that would be huge. Two things that I would want to see, and I don't even care for them to win, is Get Out to get a nomination just because of the hype of, of what would happen. The people who overly hated the people would be like, whoa! I don't yeah. think it's going to win, but just for it to get nominated would be so crazy to be like, Get Out, the Oscar-nominated movie. For and, Best Picture. And for Mudbound, for it to start kicking in the waves of people respecting Netflix. Because at Sundance, some people are like looking at the ones that, that, that have been picked up by Sundance and are literally groaning when the Sundance symbol comes out. I know you liked Okja. Yeah. And what did I say? Some people look down at it and they're like, yeah, but it's a Netflix movie. That's what happened to Beast. That's what yeah. happened to Mudbound, really, because some people ain't watching it. So yeah. how many do you think they're going to do? Because they always do this thing where sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 5. Yeah, so it's between 5 and 10. I think that I've heard that it's statistically impossible to have 10, even though it's, like, technically possible to have 10. How is this statistically not possible? Uh, based on the amount of votes you need and the amount of members there it's are. It's been it's done a long before. Explanation that that's not... N no, it was mandatory that year that they had 10. But since they switched to the any amount of nominations, it's been uh, between 7 and 9. And I feel like this is going to be a year where we get 8. Because there's a lot of passion behind a lot of movies. Uh, I think that will divide the vote. But I don't think we'll get the full nine. Because I think uh, there's a lot of people that really love certain movies the most. Like Dunkirk, like The yeah. Post, like Three Billboards. Oh, yeah, Dunkirk. I think those are the movies that are going to uh, kind of lead the way. And we'll end up missing out on an I, Tanya, probably Mudbound, probably Darkest Hour, and a few others. Three Billboards is going to win. <laughs> so... <laughs> I feel that way right now, too, but, you know, we'll yeah, see. There's you never still know a lot changes. of time on the clock. Uh, are you worried at all about Call Me About Your Name? It's a smaller movie compared uh, to a lot worried. of the films. Yeah, of course I'm worried, about. man. Of course I'm worried. Uh, you know what I wanted for. I want Timmy to win it. That's it. I want yeah, Timmy yeah. to win it, and if Timmy didn't win it, I'm going to be really upset. Because, yo, if Gary Oldman gets it, I'll be, like, mad. If Phantom Thread wins it, I'm going to be mixed because I really do like... Um, Day-Lewis? Yes, Day-Lewis. <laughs> I don't know what's with me with names today. Daniel Day-Lewis, but obviously my heart and soul just goes for Timmy. I think he gave the best performance. He acts through the credits. Uh, for coming by your name, however. <laughs> my... through the credits? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, I had someone, like, they were tweeting that out to me. My boy acts <laughs> through the credits. I was like, thank you. You get it. Um, song. Score. Best original. Actually, I don't even think it'll win best original song because there's a lot of hype going for uh, Greatest Showman. Yeah. Oh, have you? That's, did you see it? You know what? That. No. I saw it. I didn't. Oh, you did. Yeah. And. I'm upset you didn't mention it for best picture. Boy, be serious. It's fine. It's, it's cheesy. It's. I like the transitions. Yeah. It just looks. It looks very, very okay. I just hate when okay movies with a lot of like pizzazz <sighs> get Oscar nominations. I didn't hate it, but I get what you're talking about. 
Uh, that's one thing that I would hope for is that the big technical nominations go more towards movies like Dunkirk and The Shape of Water than they do movies like The Greatest Showman or Beauty and the Beast. Uh, because it's just, it, it's a little weird to me when, you know, a movie like Beauty and the Beast that I kind of hated uh, ends oh. up with like four, five Academy Awards. I completely I mean, forget Beauty and the Beast came out this year, and that's right. Probably yeah. like set design and all that stuff, which is dumb because that should go to Shape of Water, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, uh, if, they, if that movie gets visual effects, like I will be offended because those were gross characters. Oh, those are designs. disgusting. Yeah. They, it, it should only get sound design for that rare. Do you have any potential surprises in mind, things that you think? Uh, could mm. jump into the nominations and um, maybe get... I don't see it as a surprise, but I really do want to see Get Out get nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing to say. Because some yeah. people are like, yo, this is not Best Picture worthy. I'm like, all right, whatever. But we ha like the script is pretty tight. I think it's a pretty tight script. There's no reason for it to not be in there. Um... If Molly's game gets snubbed, that's something that I personally would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I hope it at least gets that screenplay nomination. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not really that big of a surprise. Uh, I think the biggest of the surprise, you know, for those of you who have already seen the Oscar nominations, was Justice League getting nominated for, be for Best Hair and Makeup. It's crazy. Do you think they're going to repeat again? DC with the hair and makeup. It's insane. I mean, there is a lot they put into those movies. I wouldn't well, be it's crazy they because something. usually it's how much makeup you put on, but here it's how much mustache they took off. <laughs> that's that's what's going to win them best visual effects. Is, is the fact that Henry they Cavill took things mustache, away. Mustache trimming. Oh, that's a tweet for you if there ever was one. <laughs> I'm going to save that one. I'm going to be at my Sunday screen. I'm going to be like, oh, they're going to love this. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, any other? I also think that uh, it'd be really great to see Get Out uh, not only in Best Picture but in Best Screenplay, and mm -hmm. I'd love to see Jordan Peele crack Best Director. Whether or uh, not take it easy, or, buddy. I think uh, I think it'd be uh, fine to see him. Easy. I mean, I don't know. Do you really want to see? Like, how, who do you really want to see him in uh, instead of him? I think Guillermo Guillermo wins. Nolan, Guillermo wins. Christopher Nolan is close. Give me Spielberg. Uh, give me Spielberg give me Luca. Easy. Give me. Uh, I, I'll even take. I'll, I'll agree with you, and I'll take. Um, uh, Sean Baker. Sean Baker. Uh, Greta Gerwig. That was what the other one I was going to say. Yeah, there's, I, there's I'd a bunch like out there. Either Jordan Peele or Greta Gerwig uh, get in there. Some make a funny director uh, from an unconventional background for how, the how, Academy Awards. I don't get how Gre I don't get how Greta Gerwig can't be nominated. I really do not. People understand. love Lady Bird. It would be it would be weird if it, she wasn't. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, mean, well, go ahead. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott was one of the ones who was nominated at Golden Globes, but he's For like what? notoriously well liked by the Hollywood foreign press, and there's no way they're nominating all the money in the world at the Oscars. Oh, <laughs> I forgot he directed that. I was like, wait, what the heck? Alien yeah. Covenant? What? <laughs> uh, uh, any other big predictions for the night, or not um, really? Well, you know, we're forgetting the biggest category of them all. Best original song. No controversy. What's going to be the controversy? What's the hashtag this year? What do you think it's going to oh, be? Oh, right, 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 right. Well, we can't do so, Oscars No White, So White, because that's already happened. We can't do the, think, the gay thing anymore, because that was last year's. I think they can go back to Oscars So White. There's, this is a year that there aren't a lot of movies featuring black people that are uh, in prominent roles. So. Get Out. Well, that's what I'm saying. Get Out. I think Get Out gets something, and it satisfies that community. 
Call yeah. Me By Your Name is going to get something that satisfies that community. We're, we're talking about something that's going to get shut out if she doesn't I, get her nomination. Know, I think, yeah, the big thing is that, you know, I could see people saying that Lady Bird is not that impressively directed. It's just kind of like a fun script. Stop yourself. And, and knocking her out of Best Director. <sighs> So you that's got, potentially the big controversy. If, you you know, got this year, exactly. Oh, this, year, this year that's been about like women asserting there themselves you go. and no women in Best Director. You, another yes. Natalie Portman, Natalie Portman, all male director <laughs> nominees. Mic drop. You hear her yell it out in the stands. Uh, you got to look at the group that's the angriest. They are the angriest right now. Hmm. That's going to be what it is. So we have to start thinking of the hashtag name. Oscar so bro. Oscars. So sausage, Oscars so- fest, sausage. I, I Oscar's I'll work so on Osc- that one. Well, well, Oscar's a male name. I mean that alone. <laughs> Oscar's so male. Bro, watch they change the name from the Oscars well, to the Octavias, yeah, or something I, like that. Another thing is that a lot of people, uh, you know, I bring up, I brought up Mudbound earlier. Beautifully shot movie. A lot of people are hoping that uh, the cinematographer of that for that film will be the first female nominee for best cinematography. Yeah, it's a, it's a good looking film. Yeah. What so I don't we'll want to see in cinematography is Roger Deakins because I stand by my thing. I don't want Blade Runner getting diddly squat. It, it can't. I think it'd be weird. I mean, how many nominations is Blade Runner even going to get? Is it only going to get like cinematography and maybe production design? Am I wrong? Blade Runner gets one nomination. People can't complain as much. You don't hear about it. Blade Runner gets no nominations. A revolt happens. More people watch it. I've been saying this. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are some of our thoughts looking ahead to the nominations. Mm-hmm. Let us know whether or not we got these things <laughs> right. How, embar- how much we embarrassed ourselves. Tweet at us. We'll be tweeting about Paddington it. Paddington 2 takes home <laughs> everything. <laughs> Uh, for now, we head to the new to see, talking about what's new in theaters on VOD and on demand, uh, starting with Maze Runner, The Death Cure. I think this is bringing the trilogy to an end. Yeah, so I'm, I'm super hype on it. Uh, you know, have you seen any of these movies? I haven't seen any I've of I've seen movies. both. Um, I've said that I don't think it's that great, but I admire the fact that the director's like, I'm going to direct all three. And we, ain't split cool. in, and we ain't split in the last one like you guys like to do with these YA things. I think that's, that's cool. cool. I think that's cool. I like Dylan O'Brien. I thought the first one was decent because I saw it in IMAX and it was dope. <laughs> um, second one was all right. I don't know. I'm curious for this one. It got delayed. It's finally here. People are excited. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hostiles, the new one from Scott Cooper mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Scott Shepard, Rosamund Pike. Uh, Ava Cooper and Christian Bale is also yeah. out in theaters. Uh, this one was a big, big splash at the Telluride Film Festival, but didn't come out in time for a lot of the year-end nominations. But I'm curious to catch up with this Same. one. Um, and then there's a few films like The Insult, Have a Nice Day, I Kickboxer heard, yeah. Retaliation. I don't know much about any of these movies. I've heard about The Insult. Don't know anything about it. But it seemed like, I don't know, I was getting a little, like, weird hype online. So I'm curious <laughs> to see how that is. Because they, they've, like, been amping their advertisements. I, like, open up something. Like, I open Fandango, and all of a sudden it sends the insult. And I'm like, all right, we'll see what that is. I don't know if it's a foreign film or something, but if it's on, it looks good, then, then sure. New to Netflix this week, we're getting season two of One Day at a Time, the Cuban-American sitcom on Netflix, uh, Laugh Track sitcom. It's <laughs> actually quite enjoyable. I caught up with it recently on a board day, and... 
found myself laughing at more than I expected to. So season two is going to be available on January 26th. And also available on January 26th is a film called A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Art, you want to tell us a little about A Futile and Stupid Gesture? Bruh, this thing is opening. Um, let me tell you something. They came together. It's one of my personal favorite movies of all time. <laughs> and uh, do you know the director? Because I sometimes David forget his name. David, David Wayne. It's fantastic. Uh, I saw he had this movie planned, and it's about National Lampoon and how they came to be. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I go and I, I'm ready to buy my tickets, and then I see I'm like, yo, Netflix picked it up. And it's being released literally the day after it premieres. Yeah, it's going to be on Netflix before you even get home from Sundance. I'm, I'm not dropping $50 just to watch the Scritty for the theater. I'm going to tell you that much. Yeah. All of you guys can watch a uh, Sundance movie from the comfort of your own home. I yeah, like that'll it. be exciting for me. I'll yeah. feel like I'm there with hey. you. I'm going like, <laughs> to open my door so we'll it's all cold. The, we'll watch it at the same time. Yeah, you eat waitlist wait yourself and you wait in line. Damn it. <laughs> oh, um, that... I will say this. I'm glad that it's coming out there. That way I get to catch another movie. So, I mean, it's okay. I just hope it's a good movie. I hope it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. So. New to VOD, The Clapper. This is a romantic comedy about the man who invented the clapper starring Ed Oh. Adams. Yeah? <laughs> oh, we went there. Okay, I was like. <laughs> yep. And uh, also <laughs> a movie called American. Stop. <laughs> when, is next, when does this come out? <laughs> This is on VOD, January 26th. Get hype, bro. 2019 Oscars. I'm sorry. A story about the clapper. Yeah. And it's a romantic comedy. This ain't like the founder about how, it, how like... It's that with a romance element. Holy Yeah, this one didn't get super great reviews. That's why we're dumping it on VOD in January. We are doing an entire after credits thing on this movie. <laughs> Uh, there's not really a whole lot available right now. It's January. This is when studios really take a break. They get scared because the clapper is being released universally. <laughs> uh, Holy we ca- It's a good time to catch up on things that were good in 2017, Always, including yeah. the Oscar movies. Art, what is your pick for the week? Lady Bird. If we're talking some Oscars, go watch Lady Bird. Uh, go to a theater, watch that. Sneak into the last end of Den of Thieves. You can see how dumb that ending is, <laughs> but funny. And of course, as always, if you're at home, watch American Vandal. Because some of y'all didn't listen. Yeah. Watch American Vandal. Repeat yeah, it. You, y'all know. Y'all know. Yeah. If you watched our best episode, best TV shows of 2017, y'all gonna, know. Yeah, I'm gonna keep mentioning it. I'm gonna keep mentioning it. Like what's his name mentions Matt Damon at the end of every show, until y'all <laughs> finally watch it. Uh, I'm going to tell people to catch up uh, with Phantom Thread, which has now expanded to a lot of theaters. It's playing in theaters in and around where I live now, so that's good uh, for people who aren't necessarily in New York or L.A. or Chicago or stuff like that. Uh, You should check out your local theater and see if Phantom Thread is playing near you. It's the latest from Paul Thomas Anderson, my favorite filmmaker, and it is a really, really interesting story that it's not going to go in the direction you're expecting it to. Very good. Second uh, best of the year. That's my thoughts on that. Art, that's all for this week's show. Mm-hmm. Where can people find more from you? You can find me at the A to Z Show on Facebook, 
Instagram, Twitter, you'll be seeing pictures, updates, little mini reviews. I'm actually starting my letterbox back up again. I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of the rating thing, but I, I'm getting back in there. I got a little format, just giving my bullet points on the best, the worst, keeping it funny, just whatever else. And uh, I'll be putting uh, a list, not a full review yet, but a list of in order of the the movies that I watched at Sundance and which ones to be hyped up for. And then I'll have a video on the A to Z show on YouTube um, covering how you can go to Sundance, Zach, <laughs> and also my, my, the movies to watch from Sundance, in my opinion. So check me out there. And check me out here on The Intercut every yes. week. You can listen to every episode of The Intercut Podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as the audio podcast. You can find new video episodes here every Tuesday mm-hmm. on YouTube. Also, like our Facebook page, like our Twitter page, follow our Instagram page. It's all at Intercut Pod. And hey, we got that uh, URL on YouTube too. You can go to youtube.com slash C slash Intercut Pod. Check us out across social media throughout the week for updates from both of us. Help small channels. Small channels need the help right now, but uh, we're on our way up. Art's not a small channel. No, I'm a tiny channel. This channel, we're nowhere close. We need 4,000 hours of watch time. Help us out. Yeah, yeah. So please subscribe to Intercut. We're building this podcast. We're giving you more and more regular content. We're going to give you um, some reviews throughout the week and stuff. Some talk about Sundance when Art is back. Some talk about Oscars when they reveal the nominations. We'll be reacting to them. I'm going to put up a live reaction both here on Intercut and on my channel, Multiplex, which you can check out at YouTube.com slash Multiplex Show. And also follow me. I didn't mention my social media here We're going to follow you. At Zshevich on Facebook or on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on Twitter or Instagram, and check out more on Facebook.com slash Multiplex Show. Uh, but yeah, follow me. Definitely follow Art, who's going to be tweeting his reactions from Sundance about all the movies that you're going to want to see this year. Yeah. And the best uh, and beers at Park City, too. <laughs> yeah, that too. All the, all the reasons to be jealous. So thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, Art, please take me to Sundance. <laughs> next year. Ugh.